You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of God's Word, the power of the Word of God. Hope that you will enjoy this time together as we share it together, the power of the Word of God. Today's topic on Words of Encouragement. This morning, we've been talking a little bit, or we've been singing a little bit, about God's Word, the power of God's Word. And I want to talk about that this morning, the power of God's Word. Martin Luther once said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. I love that. And that's exactly what it does if, what? You read it. You must read it. There's something about God's Word that gets under people's skin and goes straight to their soul. I ran across this quote as well, and I love it. Uh, Men do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself, but because it contradicts them. And that's it. We just don't, many of us don't want to, we don't want to open the Bible because it might reveal something to us that we're not doing and we just might feel bad. And nobody likes to feel bad. We all like to feel good and we like to feel happy. So why even open the Word of God? Because it might, it might show us something we need to do. And so many people reject the Bible, do not open the Bible because of that very reason. And yet there is life in the Bible, life in the words of God, eternal life, strength, power in the word of God. And for us to avoid it does us a great disservice. There is great power in the word of God so much that when a person reads it, their life can be eternally changed. This morning, we look at the power of God's Word. If you are able and you can, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word coming from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, a very well-known passage to many of us. Uh, But let me read that out loud to you. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Whoa. Knowing that, hearing that makes you think, well, now, wait a minute, maybe I really don't want to open up the Word. But fear not, for the Word of God will change you for the better. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. The Word of God, it's living and active. It's living and active. How many of you have a book that you have reread? How many of you have ever reread a book other than the Bible? Ah, there was something in the book that just thought, man, that was just so good, I've got to read that again. I've got to read that again. Now, there's enjoyment from the book. There's some, maybe some ideas that come to your mind, that are brought to your mind, that you think, well, now, I, 
Well, you know, you're like little Cindy Brady. Uh, Gee, I I just never thought about it that way before. (laughs) Some things that you gather from reading. But the Word of God is the only one that is alive and active in a person's life. If they will continually consume the Word of God, it affects how you live eternally. It has power within it. It has great power. The word in the original language, uh, your Bible may say the word quick. It is quick. Uh, But it it means alive. Uh, Why was it translated quick? Well, the King James Version was, was, when it was put together, the word quick meant living. So living is what they meant. And everybody knew that when they wrote it. And so, you know, we read that, well, we read it today, we say, quick. Is it fast? I mean, what does that mean? Is it fast? Well, just do a little study and you realize, oh, well, that makes sense. It's alive. It's alive. So the Bible is alive. It's a living being, if you will. Now, now, now don't quote me on that. <laughs> But it, 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 is, it is living. It is alive. It has life. It is not dead. It is full of power. The Word of God is life-producing. It offers life to the lifeless. Strength to those who are weak. It is active. When it is read or heard and applied, it is able to be an effective influencer in a person's life. You read it. You apply it in your life. Oh my goodness. You're living the word of God. You're living it out. And I hope you're living it out loud. Because people need to know that that's where you are finding your strength. It comes from God. It comes from his very words. And so the Bible is alive. And it is a, it is a changer and influencer in a person's life. If that person allows it to be so. The Word of God is life to the believer. It brings joy. It brings instruction. It brings assurance of salvation. Oh my, that's something we need. We need to revisit those passages that that remind us that once we've asked Christ into our heart, He truly is there and He's not leaving us. All Scripture, this comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. You'll get something out of it. It is good to be taught. It's good for reproof. It's good for correction. It's good for training in righteousness. How do we know how to live like Jesus? We've got to study the life of Jesus. We've got to look at how he lived. We've got to look at what he did. And when we read what he did and how he lived in the Bible, we're able to to grasp a little bit of what it's like to be like Jesus. And we can find instruction in the word of God. Instruction and training for in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. God has created us for good works. And we can't do those good works unless we're in the right frame of mind. Unless we're in the right spirit. Unless we're walking with Jesus. And so we must do that. And that's what the word of God is there for us. For a believer to grow and be equipped for life and every good work of God... He must study the words of God. 
Well, let me propose to you the idea that every time the Bible is open and read, it is alive and working on those who read it. You open up the Word of God, you start to read, oh, wow. You may, now look, I know some of you, I know, I know this is how it goes for some people. Okay, look, let me, let me, let me, let me just get to, uh, let me get to a portion here. Many times this is what happens when uh, some people read the Bible. They'll, they'll open it up. They'll find, you know, they'll think, well, let's see, where can I start? Uh, I'll, uh, let me see, where can I start? Okay. I guess I'll just start at the beginning of the New Testament. That'd be good. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Okay. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Okay, Judah was the father of Perez and, and Zerah by Tamar. Okay, per- I don't know if I'm getting anything out of this. Try to read the Bible and I don't get anything out of it. I just, I don't know. I tried, preacher. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know where to start. Sometimes we think, well, I tried, we tried to read the Bible and it just didn't get, all I got was a bunch of people being born to so-and-so and that person was born to so-and-so and then I just didn't. I don't, I don't understand. It wasn't working on me, preacher. You say it works when it's open and read. Well, you know, you do need to maybe start with John. Everybody, pastors have told people, and, and the Bible itself says, look, this was, John's gospel was written so that people would believe. And so we read the Bible. Start with John. Start with the gospel of John. Begin there. Begin looking at what, what is happening God will work on you if you will read his word. But, you know, some of us think, well, I just, I'm just sitting here, preacher, and I just am expecting God to, to, to make me like Jesus. And if I sit here long enough, maybe it will happen. Maybe the lightning will strike and I will become like Jesus. But it, that's not going to happen. Or it's really rare, okay? I don't even know if I've heard of it happening, but... More than likely, as you read the Word of God, God works on your heart. And He works through His Word, and He works on your heart. But every time I believe the Bible is open and read, something is happening. God's Word is going out. And when God's Word is going out, people are hearing with their ears, and there's some things that are happening. The Holy Spirit is at work. And He helps them to remember what they've heard. And then... Oh my, they've got to think about that then. Because that keeps coming up in their head. That's the Holy Spirit working on them. Helping them to move along and get closer to Christ. And to get to that point where maybe it's time that they make a decision to follow Christ. And so something happens when the word of God is shared. James in the New Testament speaks about looking into God's word. He says, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Wow. If you read it, if you study and abide by the word of God... And not become a forgetful hearer. How many forgetful hearers do you know? Are you one of them? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Look, sometimes we just forget. But if we're abiding in the word of God, I mean, that means we're living in it. It's part of us. 
sooner or later, it's hard to distinguish our own ideas from God's ideas. Because they start to mesh so much that we're doing what he wants us to do. And things are working out the way they're supposed to work out. And we're like, oh, wow. Well, I don't know if that was my idea. It really wasn't my idea. That came from the Lord, I guess. And sooner or later, it works that way. And that's where God, that's where God is working inside of you and inside of me. Changing you and changing me. It's what he's up to. For the believer, God's word is life. It teaches him from right from wrong. It teaches him how to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. What about an unbeliever? For an unbeliever, the word of God is also a help. It is also a help. It convicts them of their sin. It shows them their sin and shows them what to do about their sin. The word of God is like a huge blinking neon arrow that points people to God. It says, look, <laughs> look up, look to the Lord. All throughout God's word, it's talking about him. It's talking about Jesus. It's moving people along to have a relationship with him. It's what's happening. The word of God, a huge blinking arrow. It shows people the love and forgiveness of God. It shows them the way to be in right relationship with him, which is so important. This is why Bucks for Bibles that we did this morning is so important. This is why what the Gideons do is so important. They're making sure the word of God is being placed in the hands of people. The living word of God, powerful. Boy, powerful. I've told you this before. When I was in uh, college, when I was growing up, when I was in college, Wherever my Bible was in my room, there was never anything put on top of it. Because I just felt that you respected the Word of God. You don't put anything on top of it. You just don't do that. Except another copy of God's Word. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I'm, 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 I'm weird. Call me weird, if you will. I know you have. But I mean, I'm call, call me weird in this respect. <laughs> if, if you need to. Because, it, look, this is the Word of God. It is powerful. It is alive. It changes people's lives. And it's not just any other book. It's not just some book on a shelf. It is the word of God and it changes people. There's power in the word of God. Let us make sure that his words are in the hand of all, in the hands of all people. So that everyone has that opportunity to open up the word of God. This is what I love about uh, these uh, translation societies. Uh, that are out there that that research and even come up with a language. They go. To the, do you realize there are people groups in our world that don't have? They do not have a written language. They have a language, but it's not. They you know there's no symbols. There's nothing that says, "Oh, this is that. This is tree. This is bush." And so these Bible translators go in and they 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 talk to these people as best they can to try to figure out. They point at bush and say. You know, bush, what, what is this? Or, you know, they figure out their language and they're able to then put it in a form and then they give them at the end of a long period of time a copy of God's word in their language, which is the first written language for many of them to ever look at. It's like, whoa. It's incredible what is being done out there in our world among believers, the body of Christ. The word of God is life to the believer and conviction to the unbeliever. So that's the first thing I want you to see. The word of God is life 
to the believer and conviction to the unbeliever. But it's a help to both. A help to both. Well, the second thing I have that I saw here, the word of God is a divider. Oh, when I, we don't like division. <laughs> division, oh, that's not good. We all need to be together. Look, what it's talking about here, I want us to, to grasp here. Not only is the word of God living and active, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword cuts both ways. Very sharp. It's so sharp that it, the Bible tells us it can cut between the soul and the spirit. Now, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a person's spirit. Well, now, brother, preacher, brother, preacher, pastor, man, <laughs> what? The soul and the spirit, aren't those, aren't those the same thing? Almost. I mean, they're so intertwined and they're so, they're so close that you would think, well, yes, you know, they're the same. The word used here for soul means to breathe, to blow, which is the root word uh, or the root of the English word psyche and psychology. It is a person's distinct identity or individual personality. It's what makes you uniquely you. The soul is the direct result of God breathing, blowing his gift of life into a person, making them an, if you will, ensouled being. It's what makes you, you. Well, what is a person's spirit? They are intertwined so closely, like I said, that many times they're used interchangeably. A person's spirit is their attitudes, intentions, and emotions. Whoa, okay. <laughs> it's a lot, it's, it's kind of a lot to grasp there and, and to, to get in our heads. It's your, your soul is what makes you uniquely you. Every one of us is different, you know, but there are some similarities among us. You know, we, so we, we, we may do the same thing. We may, hey, hey, we may fold towels the same way. All of us, some of us, you never know. You know, we, we may do something, you know, we may raise our kids a certain way and find out somebody else is doing the same thing. But we're still individuals, each one of us, a certain, a, 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 an individual soul that God has placed. But the spirit, the spirit is the uh, attitudes, intentions, and emotions. And you can see how close they are. So what does this mean? The word of God cuts in between the soul and the spirit? It means it makes its way to the completeness of a person. It truly gets to who you and I are as people. It gets under our skin. It gets to the very core of who we are. That's what the Word of God does. It gets to the very core of who we are. A place where no, very, I would say, no one else Truly gets to. Well, preacher, I don't have secrets from my spouse. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Each one of us is an individual with our individual thoughts. And we have those thoughts. And they are ours. And we may never share some of them with anyone. Listen. The word of God cuts to the core of who you are. Are gets right up in there. 
Oh, that makes me uncomfortable just saying it. But that's, that's how knowledgeable God is. That's who he is. He can get to the very core of who you and I are. Nobody else can see what's inside. Nobody else knows our intentions. Sometimes we think we can guess and sometimes we can be right. But God always knows what our intentions are. Because he cuts right into who we are. That's kind of scary, I guess. doesn't need to be. But the word of God can touch us where no one else can. No one else. The simple reality with having deep, meaningful communication with people. The simple reality with that is that it rarely occurs. You and I can plead and plead with someone and never speak directly to their heart. We can never get to the core of who they are. We can never touch them where only God can touch them. We can't do that. So we share the word of God, we pray, we plead, we, 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 we may beg, which that, I'd say, be careful there. But we plead and we try, but we can't speak to their heart. But guess what? God's word can, and God's word does. And that's what's so awesome and powerful about God's word is that it speaks directly to the core of a person where we can't. We can say, well, you just really need to accept Jesus. You just need Jesus in your heart. You really need to do this. You really need to do this. We cannot and we should not be able to, and no one should let us convince someone to give their heart to Christ. That's up to the Holy Spirit. That's God's work. That's God's business. If I can convince someone or if I can grab their arm and yank it behind their back and say, accept Jesus now. Okay, okay. Why are they doing it? Because their arm was behind their back. Why were they doing it? To get you off their back. To get you away from them. It has to be real. And it's between the Lord and that person. The word of God speaks directly. It can cut all through the mess in their lives and reach the very center of them. Think about this. When you are without Christ, you are a sinful person carrying around the condemnation of sin. Okay? Let's, let's picture it as someone with a dark cloud. A dark cloud's hanging over them. The condemnation of sin is upon them. <laughs> and behold, it hangs over their heads everywhere they go. And that's how they live. If you have Christ in your heart, you're under his blood and you stand as a forgiven person outside, outside from under that condemnation of sin. If you have Christ in your heart, that cloud is not on top of your head. The condemnation, the punishment for your sin is not hanging over your head if you have Jesus in your heart. Because you're not condemned for your sins once you've asked him to forgive you of your sins. And so you don't walk around with the cloud of condemnation on top of you. The word of God divides the condemnation of sin people are living under from their very spirit. Their attitudes, intentions, and emotions. Let me say that again. The word of God divides the condemnation of sin people are living under from their very spirit. Their attitudes, intentions, and emotions. He's able to pull that away. That condemnation is there, but the word of God cuts right through there. It says, wait a minute. 
The blood of Jesus is covering you now. You are forgiven. You do not have to live with this condemnation of sin hanging over you for the rest of your life. You are forgiven. Come over here. You're forgiven. And the word of God is able to cut through that. All of that mess, all of that sin, all of that condemnation and separate you out from under it. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing how God does that for us? He does that because he loves us. Look at the last part of verse 12. It says, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Only the word can judge the heart. Only God can judge the heart. When the divine word speaks, it is able to speak to the heart where no man can reach and touch. In fact, there is no way to spiritually penetrate the heart of any natural man except through the word of God. You and I cannot touch it, but God's word can. We can't, but he can. These words of God come by way of the Holy Spirit from the written or from the written page. Only God's words are able to cut through the layers of sin and touch the heart. His words are able to cut through any mask a person may wear in front of others, any false intentions that appear good on the outside but are lies. The word of God knows because of its author the thoughts of the human heart. It knows the intentions of the heart. It's able to speak to those intentions. Wow. You and I can't speak to the... Man, If you think about this. If you and I could speak to the intentions of another person. Now that would be really weird. Think about it. Hey, I know you're thinking about going over there and letting loose on that person and griping them out. I know you're about to do that. I know you're thinking about that. I know that's your intention. How'd you, how'd, you, how'd you know what I was thinking? How, 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 that would be really weird if we could speak to the intentions of someone else. But God's word can. And it does. It speaks to the intentions of a person. That is, that's supernatural power is what that is. That's divine power. The word of God knows When the word of God cuts into a person, it opens up their innermost thoughts and intentions and it gets to their core. Why does this need to happen? Why does this need to even happen? It needs to happen so that a person can face who they really are and discover where they stand with God. It has to happen so that someone can realize who they are before a holy God and what they need to do about it. Because once they realize who they are, once they realize they're a sinner, they, 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 they've committed sin against holy God. Once they realize that, they need to do something about it. They'll want to do something about it. And the Word of God teaches them what to do. Instructs them as to what to do. But they never get to that point. Unless the Word of God is cut through to the very heart of a person. That place where that you don't talk about with other people. Those thoughts you have that you never share with anyone else because, oh, people might think ill of me if I shared that. The Word of God speaks to that. It says, come to me. I love you. The Word of God is life to the believer and conviction to the unbeliever. The Word of God is able to divide the condemnation of sin from a person's spirit. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know what? I need that. I need 
the word of God to speak to my spirit, to cut through to who I am. It's a very serious issue. It's a very serious situation that you're in if you've never given your heart to Christ. You're living under condemnation of your sin. I mean, the condemnation is upon you. Behold, it travels with you. It hangs over you. But God says, look, I have made a way for you to be forgiven. Would you come to me? Ask for that forgiveness. Call upon the name of the Lord and give yourself to me. Maybe today you need to do that. Maybe today is the day you need to give your heart and your life to Christ. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement here on this Words of Encouragement podcast. The power of the Word of God. There is great power in the Word of God, and you and I must learn to grasp that power, get that power, understand that power. But we never will be able to if we allow our Bibles to lay on a shelf or on a coffee table. It's just the truth. You and I need to pick up the Word of God every day and open it up and ask the Lord, Dear God, open up your Word to me. Teach me. Teach me what you would want me to know. And help me to understand, to receive, and to live it out. I'm glad that you're listening to Words of Encouragement. We know that you can listen to Words of Encouragement by using the Amazon app. You can go up to the top right, click on that, and say, Alexa, open first words, and then you can listen to this podcast. That makes it so simple. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.